0: What I want to do with you this morning is um, to strategize with you um, to bring us back into the place of work Um, and also So I'm going to have to take this morning um, or use this morning to kind of um, allow us time to question our direction, to question what we are making use of or how we're making use of our days. Um, Remember scriptures like, teach us how to number our days so that we can gain a heart of wisdom. Wisdom being the ability to know what to do. Yeah, so, um, like I said, (laughs) with that countdown, even me, I was waiting for the superhero. But it's just past the old However, though, I think... As cringe as this may sound, you're meant to go and save the world. Um, so through that, we're going to have to talk about something. So this morning, um, I'll be sharing thoughts with you. I do encourage that you get out your 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 notes. I'll be sharing um, thoughts with you. And I'll be saying, uh, I'll probably open up with a comment that shocked me yesterday night. Um, and it was the reason why I sent into the chat that I'll be speaking to you this morning. So I'm going to beg you on that basis. I'm going to beg you today. I know that you have better things than listening to Pastor Obi this morning to do, but I beg you to hear me. Hear me not as a friend, yeah? And I'm not coming to say anything deep. I'm sharing thoughts through the scriptures that's been laid on my heart, and we'll read them together. But the reason why I want you to pay attention is because today I'm not coming on a revelation tip meaning that the scriptures i'm sharing with you the intention behind the sharing of these scriptures are so that you can think about it too again so that we can question our direction and question in quotes our activity what we are doing with ourselves now to start off this morning i was first say that it was having listened to pt yesterday or whilst listening to pt yesterday and this may be even contrary to what I've fought, honestly. God laid it in my heart that the full number numbers of soldiers for COD has not yet been discovered. The full soldiers, the people that will make, drive the agenda, the cause of COD, the nation family, has not yet been, in quote, redeemed, let me say. Now, at that point, there was an indictment over me, I had to think about why at this point it took yesterday for that information to be relayed to me. So this is why I'm begging you again, and please, you know, when I'm saying these things, you know what's simple to do. Just let me know that each of the houses are on, especially those that consider themselves as leaders. Don't, don't do the thing of, uh, the people in my house have spoken. It's not. uh, Sorry if this sounds rude. It's not everyone I intend to speak to. Do you understand? but I definitely want to speak to those that I consider my co-laborers. Now, of course, you can determine if you're that person. You can determine that. You can say, even if you don't speak to me every day, you can know that you are by reason of conviction. So this is the reason why I'm saying I beg you this morning because I want us to think, reconsider. So again, God's saying to us that the full numbers of the COD soldiers, not the souls. The sound is very low. Please guys, not this morning, come on. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have to wait. Please let me know if the sound is good. Do you understand and speak to me? Um. I've seen HOI, I've seen helper's house. I've seen storehouse. I've not seen prosperity. I've not seen HOX, I've not seen them. There is a demand over us. Sound is low, okay. It's lower than usual, but it's manageable. No, I'm not going to give you anything manageable. I need the sound working, so I'm not going to start. Volume low, sir. Okay, I'm gonna wait, I'll pause. Let me know once you can hear me properly. Sound is fine, sound is low. I'm gonna wait till everyone can confirm sound is cool. Okay, Um. sound is fine for me. Especially those that have said that the volume is low, please respond to me, let me know if you can hear me well. Yeah. Sound is fine, sir i'll still wait just so that there's no one that is left out of what i think god is correcting us into and the word is in fact correction correction redirection yeah sound is getting better sound is fine now it's getting better now it was low before but better now we are good now sir so let me repeat my opening statement that the full number of the COD soldiers have not yet been discovered or redeemed meaning that two it can mean two things after contemplation of it it can mean two things one either that they are soldiers who have not yet um opened up themselves to be soldiers um maybe the level of of operating as a soldier you have not yet entered. Two, there are people out there that are meant to be the real soldiers of this work that we have not yet called and discovered. I'm going to take you in a moment into Peter's life as my first point. I've got about three points I want to make this morning. Yeah, but you would notice that when Peter was won, by the winning of Peter... Others were one. These others that were one were also soldiers of Christ. They were also to become apostles. At the winning of Peter came a a James and a John. The conversation was not directly to a James and John, but the conversation that happened between a Peter and a Christ Consequently, one, a James and a John. You will later see that when God wants to, or when Christ wants to entrust certain things, when there were um, um, sensitive matters that he wanted to relate to man, but he could not relate even to his whole team. In the end, we realize that it was James, John, and Peter that he will relate this information to He would show them things that others could not see. He would tell them things that others could not hear. But I want you to remember that James and John didn't have, there was no dialogue between um, Christ and them individually that won them. What happened was that there were certain winnings of certain souls that brought about other soldiers. So I start off with saying that in you, There were still soldiers that were yet to have been redeemed. So again, look at this now. The soldiers, I have to open up myself with this this morning. The full numbers of soldiers that are to make the COD family have not yet been redeemed. Now, I don't know how you're going to take that. For somebody, that can make someone be on their toes. Because then you can think you're only occupying until a soldier really comes. Or this can be a driving force. This can motivate you to know that, look, you still have brothers and sisters. You have co-laborers. You have workers that you are to find. I realize that what God is looking for is still the unity of different types of people under one governmental law. This governmental law is the operations of his kingdom. Now, I wanna speak to you because when PT says to us that the target for each of the houses or each of the families in this Sunday service is at least 120, that's fine. That's honestly, should be a lazy man's work for COD. The problem is now is that sometimes numbers cannot lie to you. Figures can't lie to you. And when we look at figures, we realize that I have to start like this. This is not, um, this is not the end, but I have to start like this. We realize that we're actually underperforming. Actually, yeah, we're actually underperforming, and we have to then, as leaders, ask ourselves why is this so. We have to ask ourselves why is it that yes, according to another man's measure we are doing good. But according to what we know we should be doing, we're underperforming. Let me give you an example. Should PT say that is 120, yeah, souls that should be in each center? I think it was Pastor Deanna that confirmed to us that our soldiers or our numbers in COD is already 120. Yeah? If we show up like that, have we done anything? Then you look at another family, who their numbers, yeah, are equal or more than ours for a Sunday service. For this this is not me making it up. It's true. Their numbers are equal or more than our numbers for Sunday, yeah. Yet their numbers of soldiers are much less even if it ends up being equal in numbers, you would have realized that we have underperformed and they have gone above their expected performance level. So now, why am I starting like this? Because again, yesterday, and let me say what I'm saying to you, that's from pastors down to the last position if there's anything such as lost position there are still yet to be soldiers added to that there are still soldiers of ours outside of here so again this morning I want us to go through some scriptures and share some thoughts together hopefully some people will come out of um you see now this is what I'm going to need I need I need um proverbs or i'll just quote it to you actually it says that lazy hands make for poverty but diligent hands will make you wealthy now why is that a scripture that i wanted to share with you because prosperity even though it includes materials it's beginning and end is not just materials Poverty or prosperity can be a state of fulfillment or lack. Prosperity being fulfillment, poverty being lack. So look at this, this morning thinking again over the thoughts that were coming to me yesterday during service. I thought to myself how God actually intends to unify both Jews and Gentiles what does that mean for us because if we are not of the of the Jewish origin or Jewish background that can sometimes become just a talk to us and as we know and as we should know by now that all scripture is written for our sake When God began to speak these things, like I said to you, he had you and I in mind. But not only us, I remember speaking this in Grace's dad's church or to her youth. Not only us, there was an account in scripture where Christ, whether it was um, Philip or Nathaniel or whoever, and he gave one of them a word of knowledge he, I think he called his name and told him about him, and the person was shocked. It was like, oh, now I believe. How did you know these things? And it was like, look, while you were still under the fig tree, or whatever he said, while you were still un- under the fig tree, I saw you. I knew you. Meaning that Christ's eyes are not only on those he can see here and now. He's looking at people who are still under a curse. The fig tree is a symbol of a curse. Yeah, it is a symbol of a curse. God cursed, Christ cursed the fig tree on account that it should produce, but it didn't at the time he needed it to. So while men were still under a certain curse, while men were still blind, while men were still ignorant to the kingdom of God, Christ's eyes were still set on them. But what God needs are soldiers who can bring soldiers. What God said to me is that, you know, you have said this many times, but this is now why we have to question our operation, our direction, and our focus. Because really and truly for the COD family, it's recruitment mode. But you see these things, we say it seasonally. We we have to ask ourselves, and these are the questions I had to ask myself, and that's why I wanted to speak to you in this manner, just talk to you this morning, yeah? I had to ask myself, what derails me as Pastor Obi from the knowing that it's recruitment mode? And guess what that is? A man that does not set his focus, other things will take their focuses, if you don't say that this is what COD does, there will be like situations, there will be understandable situations, there will be reasonable situations that will take the focus of both you and your people. So the duty of a leader is to give direction, It's to say, hey, this is where we're going. This is why we are fighting to raise finances across the houses. Remember that the raising of finances is not the end. Remember what I've said to you. It should be the consequence actually to a walk and an action. It is the winning. It is the having to accommodate more people. This is not just um, um, throwing people into your house. That's you accommodating them in your life, in your mind, in your finances, in everything that it is you. The accommodation of these people is what makes God says, I have to give them an increased budget so they can carry this work out. So going back to what I've said about Jews and Gentiles, what does that mean for us then? Simply that what God's great pleasure is, is that he wants to unite people who are like you. Let's say you are the Jews on the account that the message has first come to you. Let's just say you're the Jews. We are the Jews, yeah? Um, um, on account that the word of the Lord has come to us, God actually says to us, it's not now only for your kind. What I want to unify to you are people who are not like you. You know, that's the hardest thing sometimes because the more you grow, the more you enter your own personality and being. And more so you, you struggle to accommodate anything that does not look like you. Now, God help you if you ever got yourself caught up in the in the in the um in the snares of religion. Because religion would then make you have to be with a kind of people. They are looking for the prim and proper, they are looking for the well-behaved. But you see, I'm going to show you some thoughts today. And I had to look at scriptures to, in, to um, authenticate my thoughts so that we may understand today how God has given us the secrets, the, the keys to building this work. Do you really believe in the nation family is the question you have to ask yourself this morning. And don't look, don't quickly ask, answer yourself or answer that question for yourself. You have to question the way you process things. Tuesday was when I was speaking to you and I said to you that Eliezer had no account written against him that he was unfaithful. He was faithful. He was loyal. The test of time was proved through him. If you did go and do your research yourself, you would have seen that he stayed being the chief servant of Abraham and his household for over 50 years. This is a man that Abraham can now trust. This is a man that Abraham can find, can bank on, can rely on. Hence why he would be the one to go and find the wife. He could have picked anyone, but you find the person. you can. In other words, you can almost say that this was the closest to being Abraham's friend. But we saw on Tuesday that loyalty, commitment, consistency, by itself, though good, is not enough to qualify you for the blessings of God to be bestowed upon you. So since Tuesday, we think together, and I hope that you understand that the word, the conversations are meant to be meditated upon. You're meant to ponder on them. You cannot assume you heard it. Do you understand? I, I still go back and listen to continue a conversation. And that's why someone can say, oh, you preach all the time. I'm thinking, you see me playing with you all the time. You have to ask yourself, where does the preaching therefore come from? PT taught me since 2017 that the the, the means by which God speaks to you is the altar of your heart. So I can be in and amongst people, but there's a conversation happening here. The, the, the quest to really understanding this work. So now CLD is meant to be on a recruitment mode and God says to us today that the full number of soldiers needed to push this work have not yet been redeemed. This is now what's going to put us into a place of prayer. Why we will need to pray. Why we will continuously have to put Actions. Um, Matthew 28 is where we're starting today. We have to constantly begin to carry out hidden instruction for our lives and carry on, continue in that instruction, continue in that charge so that we can see the manifestation of all that God intends through the COD family. Yesterday, I sat down listening to PT thinking to myself that the complacency of you, Pastor Obi, the the and complacency, look, look, it's not always that you are doing something bad. You're just comfortable before time. I was thinking to myself, the complacency of you, Pastor Obi, is you are dep- depriving the nation of key soldiers because f- by reason of pattern, I've noticed that COD usually brings people that will eventually be pushed into the nation. They become people in the nation. They become um, um, vital instruments in the work and the building of this nation. So if we shut down, if if we become complacent in our role of activity, in our responsibility, we hold back the nation. As much as this may start off as an indictment, I praise God for this fact that this information is not what He's hiding from us because if He's sharing it with us, He intends to make a crooked path straight. He intends to put us back in line. Are you sure you're listening to me this morning? So now God says to us that he intends to unite the Jews and the Gentiles. For us, what does that mean? Again, let me repeat it, not assuming that you heard me, that God wants both people like you and people who seem to be the exact opposite of you. What God needs from us is for us to introduce, tell, teach the governmental law that establishes us as a people the kingdom that we should teach that to other people God says to me this morning that your power your ability cannot be tried until you go out so just to make sure that we really and I do intend to speak lengthy to you so that you can hear me I just pray that you have the energy and you have the time you have the space and an open heart to hear all that I'm having to say because let me remind you, yeah? And you know, I understand what happens when we begin to speak things. What I don't want to happen is tomorrow, and I want you to listen to me, look at me when I'm saying this now. I don't want it to be tomorrow anyone feels that what was their position was given over to somebody else. I'm going to show you something in scripture. Don't become too complacent where you're seated. Because God still says to us that the full number of his own soldiers has not yet been discovered. Let COD and the setup of COD and the rise of COD be a parable to you. You see the man you're looking at and the leaders that you have, including yourselves. You do know that we have not spent as long as other leaders. You do know that we've entered positions that others used to occupy. So do not for a moment think that you are set. Of course, you must have the conviction that nobody will move you from where you are. Moving you from where you are is not, it's not just uh, my role because you must evolve. But I'm talking about you know your stake in the nation. Nobody's going to come before you. I, I say this not to mock anybody. God knows my heart. But there were people that used to lay hands on us that, with no disrespect to them, can never try it now. So let COD serve as a principle and a parable that God does not look at people according to how long they've been, it's how relevant and how useful they are found per season knowing that each season comes with its own demand so when we say we pray it's so that we can have the strength and the power the ability to remain relevant per season per time if you're in spirit now you will know deeply how my heart is trying to speak and relay something to you this morning God's soldiers are still out there So now, let's start off with Matthew chapter 28. I want you to read from verse 16. PT read this yesterday, but let's start off with the scripture and then we move on. Go on.
1: Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age.
0: Amen. Now, look at this scripture. This is our great commission. If you want to know what Jesus is looking at you and is expecting of you, if you want to know your role and direction. What it is that you are to be doing. In Christ's mind, you're supposed to have gone out. You know, the nature of church, yeah, has made us quickly comfortable with staying in. You've heard this before. You know it. Most of the times when we begin to say these things, you realize it's true. That before you were in this, you were out there. You were able to mingle with people. You could have been popular or unpopular, but you still had things that you can connect with. Then the call of church comes and we misunderstand what God intends to do with the calling you in. The Bible says that Christ went up to a mountain and he called the disciples to himself. What was the purpose of calling them to himself? That he may teach them and confer upon them the the kingdom, the principles of the kingdom. The reason as to why he sent and his goal on earth, which is the establishment of God's order, which reigns in heaven. It being established here on earth, it will take men for that to happen. Now, he takes men in for three and a half years, teaching them the way they should live, only to send them back out. I am sending you as sheeps amongst wolves. I am sending you to go and make disciples of nations. The disciples, what God gives to you and I, you know, when P.T. used to teach us things like um, don't dwell here. I'm just paraphrasing. You've lingered. You have stayed here for too long. There is a time for you to be here. Then there's the commissioning out. There's the goal and being sent out. Remember, if God was going to redeem the world to himself, if there was going to be the reconciliation of the world to him, he could not have stayed in heaven and called them to heaven. What he needed to do is send man or send someone in the image of man into the earth to bring men back to himself. You know, the the fact that we are willing to embrace adaptability and flexibility of the way we operate in church does not mean we are willing to compromise. Let me explain that. You know, most churches would then say, why are you rapping like that? We've, I've spoken to you about how someone said that to Pastor Enrique. Why are you speaking like that? Why are you dressing like, imagine that the issue was dressing like clothes wasn't meant to be worn. He says that, oh, why are you dressing like that? I don't see you in a suit any longer and all of these things. Now, here's the issue. God says to us, through the life of Paul, because I told you that God intends to relate his concern through men. He tells our story through men, right? Through the life of Paul, he tells us that adaptability and flexibility to a time, to us, um, to a community, does not mean you're compromising. Remember that Paul says, I have become all things in order that I may win some. Remember that he says to the Jews, I became like the Jews. He says to the person, to all Every type of person he intentionally was trying to reach. That's my point. He was trying to reach them deliberately. He says that I will become them without losing my bearings. So if we say that we're going to start doing cinema services, if we say we're going to start doing lounges, if we say we're going to be doing um, trade-based services, whatever we say we're going to do, that's not That adaptability or flexibility is not us compromising, but it's our strategy found in scripture to win. How did Christ win? Man, the word became flesh. Flesh was not ever going to be willing to do what the spirit requires. Remember that the Bible says that the spirit lusts against the flesh. They're always in contention. They're always fighting. Yet the Bible lets us know that the word became flesh in order that the word which says that now the spirit will come upon all flesh. In order order that that will come to fulfillment, God says, okay, let's adapt. Let's change strategy. Let's become a bit flexible. And let's enter the world that we want to win. Let's not stand apart. Judging, let's become like them without losing our godliness so that we may win. So where did Paul discern the, the, the pattern of winning nations? He was observant of Christ, that in himself he was God. But he changed into becoming something weaker in order to win some. So now scripture says to us this morning that we should go out. What God says to us is that, and why we have to start off with these scriptures is that we have to ask ourselves now, what are the hindrances to us going out? And most of the times you would say it's probably my weakness or I don't know. But most times it's your fear. Most times, as you would see in the life of the apostles, because the scripture was written for our sake, meaning you can learn yourself better the more you observe scripture. So, yes, you may say, oh, I don't know. I don't know how to reach. But scripture starts to tell us that what followed after this was out of fear. The apostles went and hid themselves. They hid themselves in an the upper room. So most times it is fear that is holding you back. What we want to believe God for is the coming of the Holy Spirit and the coming of the Holy Spirit has already happened. But we must believe that we have become empowered by the Holy Spirit to go out and speak, to teach the world, to make disciples of all nations. Now, when you say disciples of all nations, peoples, um, 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 societies, communities, I want you to understand that the Bible already recognizes that the people that he is calling you, that Christ is calling you to go and disciple, have already become something. The moment he says, make disciples of all nations, he he acknowledges that they have become a nation. Remember what a nation is, a people that speak the same language. They think the same. And God says, yes, they have gathered only to be led. The reason why they are not many peoples, but they are nations, is because nations are to be led. They are sheep. It will be harder to find yourself trying to pattern many different sheep. If they become a fold. what do they then need? A shepherd. So now these people, by reason of, union of language unification of language they have become like a sheepfold but they need shepherds these shepherds will direct them to where food is so now God was ministering to me think and through this I was thinking that now what stops us winning people of course we've said it's fear but also when we don't fully understand what it is we're meant to be speaking to them The call of God never asked us to tell people to come to church. Not once. You don't find it. It doesn't say, now come with me to church. The call of God was making known to them, the preaching of God was making known to them, leave the comments on, was making known to them that the kingdom is now available. And on account that the kingdom is now accessible and available, repent change your mind Christ for all his years was teaching the disciples the principles of the kingdom now how do you know that you're not speaking the kingdom yet how do you know that you're not yet displaying the kingdom and of course I understand that it would take time and all of these things but this is why God says that with outstretched hand he will back you in other words with signs and wonders. Signs and wonders are simply like I will show you in a moment, are you being being able to come up with solutions that others cannot? This is the success that will be found in your life, Remy, is the signs and wonders that God will use to confirm the call upon you. Now let me explain that because again, I don't want to assume any point at this at um in today's um word. What God wants us to understand is that the speaking of the kingdom creates a rush. People are all looking for the benefits of the kingdom. You see, men are looking for, let's say, a great name. I think that's the, that's the principle of celebrities. They're looking for a great name, their name becoming a household name. That's an attribute a consequence of being in the kingdom people are looking for the ability to have food even when there's the time of famine that is still an attribute of the kingdom of god are you hearing what i'm saying to you so the problem is is that we have to go back to ourselves and ask ourselves what is it that we are teaching is it church we're teaching Or are we able to look at somebody and bring kingdom there? Did you hear what I've just said to you? Are you able to look at somebody and bring kingdom there? Let me tell you one of my thoughts today. You're struggling to win people, right? Be honest. You don't even know who else to reach out to. Do you know why? You've hid inside so much that you don't know your world. And... Because you have become so complacent and used to a way, what you lost was your flexibility, you've become stiff. You don't know how to adapt and more so you would know how to um, become flexible or adapt if you took time to study who you are trying to win. Now let me tell you what I'm trying to say with that. You can't really win until you become deliberate about what you're trying to win or who you're trying to win are you still on with me i'm going to make sure that everyone's still on with me because i need you to hear this with me i need you to hear this with me i was speaking to some people and i was like okay this is what we need to make finances available for this is what we have to do it's not just us making ourselves look good it has to be because of this you have struggled so let me tell you something this, uh, look, if even your pastors, if us as pastors want to be honest with you, yeah, they will tell you the winning of souls will most likely be people that you're already comfortable with or there's no demand in winning them. What am I trying to say with that? The issue, yeah, that we find is in order for Paul, to win the people of Ephesus, he had to go there and learn of them. He had to become them. You cannot become somebody overnight. You must have observed. You must have learned their culture. You must have learned what they do. Do you understand? And all of these things to be able to become them. So look, um, Paul was not just trying to win haphazardly he was very deliberate of who he was trying to win per time. So the reason why you don't know how to adapt, let me say this again, is because you have become so stiff by becoming so complacent. All you can win now, because you're so used to church, realize you realize quickly that the only people you're tending to win are church people. Someone has a certain trade and talent and God wants to send that person out, but they are not yet trustworthy. That person, if they want to go out, they are not going out deliberate on what they're trying to win. For them, it can be an escape in order to feel, you know, they used to love partying. So now they want to just go to a party environment. And God says, look, this is why I said to you that it cannot just be faithfulness. It cannot be commitment. It cannot be consistency. It has to be understanding. This is what I was trying to say to you on Tuesday. So if I look at, I'm using Anna's an example. If I look at Anna, who used to love partying or love whatever, maybe I'm assuming, but she used to love all of these things. Yes, she may want to go into that now, but it has to be. That she understands what she's in. Everything must be planned. Everything must be deliberate. Again, you see what I'm saying to you? Quickly, someone will just think I'm adding them. I'm going to show you scripture. That Christ's first disciples was a deliberate win. It wasn't haphazard. Christ, Luke 5, is where we'll start off with. So you see the issue is now, the church come to the church But the reason for coming to the church was not to live there. Was for you to understand the message. So that you can go back to what is you... How do I say that? You can go back to what you are. But when people based and on account of the message you now know. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? So if you are someone that was popular by reason of music, for example... What God did was take you from that to give you a message. Then you go back to that field and you speak the message in the body of what they know. A church person will never win a professional. A professional that's really doing something, he won't. Because their body are not the same. Let me explain what I'm trying to say. You're alien to them. It's like trying to go, it's like you will not just see an alien and start following unless you're mad. You will follow the people that you consider are like you. So what God needs us to understand this morning is you see, even this soul winning thing we're talking, when we're talking about recruitment, please think about it. What's the need? What's the purpose of recruitment, of recruitment in a company? A company doesn't, Push out recruitment because they say, "Ah, oh, we just want to be nice and give you money to um to live your life." No, the purpose of recruitment is the building of that company. But guess what? When recruitment is put out, when roles are advertised, do you realize that each role are specified? Each role is specified. They are. They're specific on what they are looking for. What I'm trying to say to you is that what Christ did, one of his strategies of soul winning that we're going to find in Luke 5 was finding men that can build. So it's more than saying that we have a Sunday service and someone just telling their sister or telling their brother, that's good, but that's lazy it's now sitting down and looking closely to this work and saying, what do we need? I look at the media, because the media team is what's functioning in front of me. Let me use that example. If you're lacking in the area of media, you know, there are some things that, yes, you can say time will make you better. But maybe if there's time and you trying, maybe your thought should be, Maybe I'm meant to have won someone by now that knows how to do this. You see, the problem is most of the times along the way of serving God, we turn it from God's story back to our story. So we're afraid to be, this is what we would acquaint it as. We'll say, uh, we're losing our position. It's not about you. It's about the work. And it's that faithfulness to it being about the work that God finds a way to still elevate you. So for me, it's a a priest can be here trying to do the, the editing, can try to be doing the videography. But I'm just looking and thinking, no, maybe this is God trying to tell you there's a work that needs to be built here. How about go and win someone specifically for this role? How about now finding a way, strategizing you and I and the whole team sitting down and saying, okay, how can we strategize in creating, finding people for this team? In case you think what I'm saying is wild, listen to this. When Moses was given the blueprint for building the temple, at that point, God showed him men that he had given the spirit and the skill and the ability to build. Moses was not able Moses was not given the skill and ability to build. He was given the direction and template. What he was then instructed was recruiting until God told him that upon this man was given the skill to build or the skill of crafting or whatever, that man could not be recruited into work. He was one of the crowd. He was one of the numbers. It was until the need for building that we find his name. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? It was at the point of building that then his name is found. So you see, what the issue is, is that when we get into the things of God, we, because of the kind of credibility it brings to us sometimes, we isolate ourselves from God's story. We make it about ourselves. But I had to think to myself, was the winning of Pastor Obi by P.T.? Was it haphazard or was it deliberate? And I'm thinking, in the winning of Apostle Obi, there was a whole bunch of people that came with him. That must have been a deliberate move. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? It was a deliberate move. So what I'm trying to say is that, yes, masses are one, but they are one out of winning the one. People are one but they're one according to winning the one. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So God actually says that the winning of souls cannot be haphazard, COD. It cannot just be uh, throwing out an invitation to just anyone. Yes, that's the most basic thing. We cannot then say that's our work. For me, it's now, look, you're looking at the new gen leaders, they already won. I said to them, now I'm looking to the next generation. The next generation should be now looking for new young people. Strategic winning will be, I'm looking for people in areas that we want to infiltrate into. I'm looking for people of that has some kind of relevance. Uh, let me not go ahead of myself. Luke 5, let's read this. I've got three scriptures, What this being one of them. And let's begin to understand what God needs us to do. Luke chapter 5. Go on. I hope you're still following me all, yeah? One day as Jesus was standing, go on.
1: By the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Mm. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. What
0: did he do? No, even before he taught the people, what did he do? And even before he sat down, what did he do? Huh? Pardon? He got into the boat. And even before the boat, what did he do? Jesus Christ met men at their trade. If Christ was going to recruit disciples that will help him build God's um, dynasty or kingdom here. He had to go out. He was not standing somewhere. He had to go and meet them at their trade. So there are some people I said to some of the leaders or um, one of the brothers. I said to them, okay, you see this person. Let's meet him. I don't want to wait for him to meet me at church. Where I know he will be is where I'm willing to go and meet him. Meet the people that you need for the building of the work at their trade. It is there that an opportunity will be made for you to teach them or make known to them your standards of living. So before, this is why I had to start. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake. What made them go there? He was going to meet people at their trade. In God's house, we need everybody. In God's house, we need those who are able to build. We need those that are able to reach. We need. I, I, let, again, let me just go on with the scripture. Read from verse one again. Go on.
1: One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat.
0: He began to teach the people. Now verse four says what?
1: When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch.
0: You know, he did not teach And become a nuisance to the business and trade of Simon. He aided it. His first miracle, as you saw, he was not a nuisance trying to preach that wine should be given to the one perishing. He knows the law. But in order to win some, he aided it. You see, people will not follow you if where you've come to, you have not become somebody that can aid what they are doing because it's at the point that they can see that you can make what they are doing prosper that you win them do you know that this principle did not start here do you remember Joseph that the bible says that Potiphar's house began to prosper because of Joseph it was at that that Potiphar can look at Joseph and be won by who he is Likewise with Daniel, Daniel caused for there to be clarity on what was about to happen. And because of that, the king's heart was won by Daniel because Daniel was not a nuisance to his kingdom. But he helped whatever service the king needed. This is strategic soul winning, guys. That Christ, if you read, read the subtitle, this is Christ calling his first. Among the, the, um, the, the list of preference, this was how he would engage with the winning of them. Meeting men at their trade. You know, you're struggling to get things out there. There's a sister I always speak about. And I said, if I'm to go to Ireland, yeah, people tell me that she's left everything. In my own head, this girl is still an evangelist. I trust the call over P.T. more than anything. And I don't think it's by chance that P.T. lays hands on this girl, calls her an evangelist, and then shortly after that, she just disappears. No. Uh, Listen, she's gone to do her work. And when God's man understands that, she will do her work according to the purpose of God. So there are people that I understand that Honestly, we need to grow up and think to ourselves, is it that this person's really a lost soul or are they now doing their work? And again, it depends on the perspective by which you see. You can see her leaving or you can see her ordination. At the point of the ordination, I look to the person who put his hand on her. On the preference... When God wants to call his first, his most, most preferred. Because remember the first disciples called here, the people that followed here were Simon, Peter, yeah, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. These were the people that were preferred to Christ. Even when sharing of revelations, these were they. Now, how did he win them? These were not the people that you're sitting or standing in church and saying, come, they won't come. Because they must be people already etching out a life. They must be people who are already um, making better their craft. They are people who have been given certain skills. And you must not look at it as it's exclusive and unique to them. No, you must know that all good gifts, according to scripture, comes from above. Meaning that it was God that gave this person that level of intellect, if it's intellect. It was, that per, it was God that gave that person that level of skill. But remember what I showed you in Colossians, that that person will not be able to bring that to, full, um, to fulfillment or bring that until you, into fulfillment Sorry, until you make known to them the purpose of it. Remember that all things were created through him and for him. So yes, there are things that exist, but they don't come to full fulfillment until you bring them into the submission of God's purpose. What is God trying to do? Not building a church. Establishing a kingdom. A kingdom where later he says that, that there will be no more tears. Meaning that the dissatisfaction of people will be met. The satisfaction, the things that people are looking for, the needs of people will be met. But only in the establishment of his own kingdom. That's what you need to go out there and preach. The sanity of mind. The hope that there's more despite the place that one grows from. To know that there's a future even when it looks like all things are them. These are the conversations of the kingdom. And you will notice it's at the conversations of the kingdom that Christ can speak farming. You didn't hear what I have said, right? When Christ wanted to speak kingdom. He didn't need to often say, speak about Moses, John, this person, that person. He spoke their trade. Meaning that, you see, the reason why we don't win people is because we think we have to go there and start preaching, holding the Bible and preaching. No, you're meant to speak kingdom through their trade. What was Christ doing here? Are all the houses on with me? Please, because making money is not more important than this. Making money is a consequence of doing this please hear me out. It was in the course of winning. It was in the course of being involved in their trade that he was able to give them kingdom. So carry on reading from where you are. Go on.
1: Simon answered, "Yeah, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything.
0: Did you see that? This is a man in his trade. A man that had not come to a synagogue. A man that had not come to Christ before this time. But during the duration of teaching, something clicked in Simon's heart. That he was not just looking at a stranger no longer. He had made up in his mind that this was now his master. This was now his teacher. Why? Because his teaching wasn't to no avail. His teaching still brought solution in what he was doing. I think that... Peter was more a master of that trade than Christ. Until he realized that there was areas he couldn't meet without him. Then this man was now the master. So he says to him, master, go on, read it again.
1: We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets.
0: By reason of this teaching, he knows that this man can provide him solution. Then it says, when they had done so, go on.
1: They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and help them. They
0: signaled their partners. Who was their partners? James and John. So until you provide solution specifically to someone's trade, you can't win their partners with them. Remember that who these people later became, these were the three that Christ can separate amongst others and give them the download of all that God had in store. These were men of trade. Is there an area in COD that you think is lacking? I get that you want to grow in your role and you should do. You should push. You should learn. But maybe you should ask yourself if you were meant to win someone for it. Because in winning for that, what are you... Look, what was Christ promoting here? Let's carry on reading before I say it. Let's finish it. Go on.
1: So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. Yeah. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners.
0: So in case when I said signal to partners, Scripture has made it known to you here. His partners were James and John. How did Christ win them? He met them at their trade. He was not a nuisance to their trade. He provided a solution. You know, most Christians, because they don't understand these truths... They are more saw farms where they are than they are solution providers. They cannot bring um, peace of mind. What was one of the things that brought David into the king's service? He was not a nuisance to Saul. He was the person that provided healing to his mental instability. So the people that enter service are not nuisances. You cannot be somebody saying, for the sake of God, I become a nuisance no you're 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 making the work prosper even though you know that this is not what is your end it's what makes you win people he says go away from me lord i am a sinful man for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken and so were james and john the sons of zebedee simon's partners then what does he say then jesus said to simon don't be afraid From now on, you will fish for people. Now, you see this. It's at this point that purpose is then made known to them. That I'm not trying to take your trade from you. I'm trying to define it. I'm trying to give you meaning and purpose. So you see where the church becomes weak? Is that most times we take someone out of their trade without making them do their trade better. Use your trade for the kingdom. You're good at fishing out. Now fish for people. He could have said anything, but why use that term? Christ showing us that the use of someone's trade is not compromising. It's actually the useful building. The skill of seeing someone's trade and asking yourself, how would this be made useful for God's kingdom? I see someone that, uh, is this good to say? I see someone that attracts a lot of men. Now, my duty is to give them purpose. I get that you attract a, a lot of men. Yeah, I'm going to John 4 now. I know that you attract a lot of men. I know that you've had a promiscuous background. Yeah, that's fine. But not every woman can do that. Okay, so there's a skill I see there. Remember I said to you that God's purpose is the unification of both Jews and Gentiles. To the Jews, Gentiles are the most profane people. Yet Christ or or scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith That's why we see the Rahabs, that's why we see the Mary Madelins, that's why we see the Samaritan woman, these people who were able to win so much more because it was not about their behavior, it was the skill of the one winning to use what they have to advance God's kingdom. So I look at some people, you're good at winning men. Okay, that's fine. Can you be someone I can show, I can tell you, okay, this is all I need you to do. Can I put message in you? Now go and spread that message. You will win people. Notice that there was no winning that was deliberate, that was lost. You see the ones that happened on a, a, um, by the way, meaning the crowds that were won. Did you notice those are the ones that fell away? But the people that were deliberately won, those are the ones that stayed. Yes, what I'm trying to say to you this morning, COD, is that there is a demand over the COD family. You will almost say, but sir, it's not that we're not trying. This is what I was saying when I was thinking about all of these things. It's not that we're not trying. I just don't know how to balance. I have... The, the burden or the charge over me or the demand over me to raise a certain amount of finance. But you see, it's like as I start to get the focus there, then I realize that I've kind of neglected this. How do you balance both? No, it's actually the skill of understanding that they both want. The skill of knowing that the only way we grew in finances was because we grew in numbers. And we became deliberate. Some people, because the story, they're trying to turn it away from God's story into theirs. They become envious when we promote somebody. You know, I used to say, look, there's this person that has this following. Use them as a face. I don't care if they know how to do the business or not. Use them as a face. Why? God gave them a certain skill. They've been able to get a following to reach out. Now, it's through them pushing away that you can be found having a way. But you see, we try to make this about us. And in the course of that, we lose the whole sense of our core, which is to go out and make disciples of nations. So what did we see in Luke 5? The reformation of lives. The core of people. God giving definition to certain people, meeting people at their trade. When Christ says, look, and you know the account according to a different perspective, when he says, look, um, come and I'll make you. This was the reformation of lives. How do you do these things? It's the reprogramming. You, You go there, you speak the word, you show them that, look, this word makes you produce better. It makes you produce better. Then what happens is that people realize, no, there's something in you. Why are people looking at Pastor Toby? He looks like he's someone that can make things happen. I hope you're still following me, guys. It's not just about, ah, I'm winning people from my area. Include that, but you know that that's the most basic. It's about now with skills saying, okay, the nation needs this. Again, think of when we say recruitment mode, think of the CLD family like a company. You recruit for specified roles. You know what you're looking for in order to advance this company. That's how the kingdom is. So yes, I'm looking for the most immoral person. Because usually it's immorality that gives you access to more people. John chapter 4. Read to me about the Samaritan woman. Go on.
1: Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Mm. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back, went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to drink water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Mm. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did, do not associate with a Samaritan. you see
0: the character, the pattern of how Christ wins? Christ was tired. I've told you, you see, Scripture is meant to deceive people and it's meant to give people secrets. Did you hear what I said? Do you remember that I've laid a stone in Zion and it will be a stumbling block to some? Meaning that you can read this and only see it as a story that's unbelievable. But the more your heart starts to tilt towards doing, God starts to show you some secrets. When the church seems like they're lacking energy, tired, it's for you to go and talk to someone that you should not associate with. I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. God allowed the starvation of those in Canaan only for them to understand that God has been moved or God is in the secular world too. Imagine that God, having promised Canaan as the land, let's say physically now, to Abraham and his descendants. He allows there to be hunger. He allows there to be starvation, famine, so that they may know that there's grain somewhere. You see, if it had not been for famine, if it had not been for tiredness, they would not have gone to Egypt because Egypt is a profane land. Egypt has no regard for their God. Not only that, the Bible now says it here in the same pattern. That Christ was tired. His disciples wanted to go and find them food. But at that point, Christ understood that that's when God wants to win. A world, a land, a nation that are not accustomed to himself and to his ways. So the Bible says that Jesus was tired, lacking energy, lacking strength. And where did he look for water from? Or where did he look for drink from? from the hands of the person or the people he should not be associating with. You know, PT made a comment, or I think, PT, and it's a mixture of things, PT, Pastor Abba, made certain comments, yeah, and it made me think, blood, yeah, is the lifeline for the body let's say passing nutrients across the body right i know am i right thank you because she's my doctor hopefully (laughs) okay i'll just leave that anyway lifeline to the body then you look at money Money becomes the lifeline for an economy. Yeah, It's the way trade happens. It passes strength to each part of the economy. Do you know what I find interesting about that? How do I say this now? Should I even say it is what I'm thinking of. Um, let me leave it. Let me leave it. Don't worry, go on. Maybe another day. When people are ready to understand stuff, we'll go into it. Let me say this to you. It's cool that will make you realize that every part of your life was programmed by God for his purpose. Should I be able to, yeah, I will not look at school as a burden. I will understand That even though it may have been something I didn't want to do, there is something there that God needed. Let me tell you small things. I may not have finished college or uni, yeah? But let me tell you something. As much as I want to despise going to SFX, I thank God for going to SFX. Let me tell you one of the reasons. For Pastor Dammy. I met Pastor Dami, not before SFX, in SFX. Consequently, I met a Pastor Ben. With a Pastor Ben, I'm doing the work now. What I'm trying to say to you is that you see where you find yourself, even where you're, because I have to address things, forgive me guys. You know where you find yourself that you're uncomfortable with? You're very ignorant of God's will. That's the reason why you're still shaking your head saying no. I've told people, there's not a day in your life that God did not write. Nothing can happen to your life without God's um, um, knowing about it. So, yes, you may not know right now why you had to do it. But somehow, like I said to you, what did I ben- What can I say that I benefited from going to college? The advancing of God's ministry. And I wouldn't realize that till years later. But if I didn't go, I wouldn't know damn it. I would never have known a pastor Ben. And... There's a whole bunch of you that are connected to Pastor Ben that may not have been here. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So everything you do is somehow towards God's will. Grow mature, guys. Yeah. And understand that there's nothing that you're in by mistake. Once you find God, everything starts to align to, for you to understand and for you to know purpose. So don't be saying no to stuff that God has found. If, if you was, wasn't meant to be the doctor, God would have found someone else there. There's a reason
1: why you're there. Let me leave that. Now, just carry on with where we were. Go on. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given, he would have given you living water. Yeah. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water?
0: What, was the, what, what do we see God promoting here or Christ promoting here also? Trade. He's tired asking her for water. She says to him, um, will you give me a drink? The woman says, look, by means of association, we shouldn't even be talking. By reason of culture. He then uses that to say Look, I'm actually offering you a trade. You provide me strength, and I will give you life meaningful. I'll give you life that you're not, you know, your whole hopping from man to man was for you looking for something. But I've come to tell you what you're looking for. It's still a trade. You would notice how lazy we've become in this idea of soul winning. There's no, there's no, fought behind it it's just walking to peckham and hand it You, you the reason why we don't win is because we're nuisances we become a nuisance to people but christ there was nothing he did that was not deliberate the church needing strength him asking for what they have for trade the story of joseph was still a trade for trade do you understand these things guys
1: Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to internal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have, and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back.
0: Okay, now, let's, at this point he's saying, okay, I know your immorality. I know it. I'm not judging you about it. I'm just showing you that I know it. He says, go and call your husband. She says what? Go on.
1: I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands.
0: Only one woman has five husbands. (laughs) You know, in the world, the modern world we live in, it's usually a husband that has many wives. To tell you that this woman was peculiar and she has a skill. (laughs) <laughs> let me tell you something what would make P.T. say that a stripper contacted him and he just thinks to make her a pastor it don't make sense to the church we shouldn't be associating not only the church the moral side the Gentile side will also say we shouldn't really be associating but the person of Christ understands that this is the greatest opportunity for recruitment. What is the purpose of recruitment here? Infiltration. The winning of the Samaritan woman was his way of winning Samaria. Look, how strange would it be for a pastor to walk into a strip club? Mad, isn't it? So that world... Is almost, in quote, if I can say it like this, unwinnable, therefore, unless you find their kind. Let me tell you, in every, leave the comments zone, in every area of life, yeah, there is a secret agent of God there. And they will not be activated until they find God's man. God's man is the one that understands the message. So the purpose of of the Samaritan woman being one was for the purpose of infiltration. So what we saw was, look, Luke 5, we saw the reformation of life, the reprogramming of lives, yeah? In order, and so we saw that by the meeting of them at their trade. What happened was that specific people that has gifts of making something happen, is who you've put into the role of building the kingdom. Those were more specific individuals, hidden treasures, thank you. They're more specific individuals. Then we look at another style of soul winning, which is you find a woman that her immorality alone speaks long. (laughs) How can I say this? Someone will look at how someone is dressing. A woman would then say, I don't like the way she's dressing. You see that person. They are not looking from God's eyes at all. Now, a person, now this is not saying anybody, no, let me not banter today. That's not saying that anybody should go and do this. But then there are some people, for example, you know that they have access, let's say, into the music world. Yeah? They're immoral. Let's say that you know that they do all kinds of things. But if you have access to them, what do you have access in turn to? Their whole nation. Remember their nation is not only a country. It's the unification of all that speaks that same language. So the moment that PT, you will notice, the moment that PT met one artist, a number of artists are all one as a domino effect. Without him preaching to them, because they've seen one accepted, the rest of them can follow suit. So one of our stra- um, strategies of soul winning has to be we're targeting certain people. And sometimes we have to think who will be our best bet forward to target that person. So, you know, there's nobody. I'll say this, but there's nobody I won't meet. There's nobody that I won't sit down with. What I have to make sure, what you have to make sure is, are we going there deliberately? Or is it because, oh, sir, yeah, I just want to go there. But you know in your heart you like partying. You know it. No, it has to be deliberate moves. Why did he win the Samaritan woman? As you know the story, and maybe we'll just skip it because of how long it is, it was simply, in turn, To win that whole nation. Sorry if this sounds weird, yeah. Because I want you to think about scripture. You know that's that's also why, because I've seen Beryl's uh, comment. Because you see, Beryl is the advocate for the gay community. Somehow, do you understand? She's just the advocate for the gay community. I don't have anything against the gay community. In fact. Yeah, we will win them for the purpose of infiltration (laughs) we'll win them it's just the truth but let me say what I was going to say this might sound wild but hear me imagine one day Joshua is leading God's people and comes to a city that its war is impenetrable impenetrable yeah God tells them, do the whole charade of dancing around, right? But not only that, do you know what happens? We meet a Rahab. The access into, a, into the city was someone that actually gives us, that is actually, um, men have access to. You want to enter somewhere that's impenetrable, find who is penetrable. That's that's so wild, right? Yeah, it's so wild. I'm just thinking how to say this. then thinking that this will be on SoundCloud later. Do you understand? But what I'm trying to say is, do you think it's by chance that the access point into an impenetrable city was through someone that find the one who holds the keys? Okay, that's cleaner to say, right? <laughs> Thank you, Pastor <Buster> Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, the real ones understand, sir. Marion is, see this man. When you look at scripture, this is what I'm trying to say. We must come off the stools, the high seats of judgment. It's not our position. There are some people who have been designed only to give you room to enter a certain world. So, who do I need to meet? People who give me access. Do you understand? On purpose, for the purpose of infiltration. So again, this woman brought her whole kind. If we target one person, it's because we know that if we win them, the work will be in the winning of them. Once you've done that work of winning them, the rest will follow. You won't have to individually work for all of them. The the prayer that you put into winning one, the effort, the finance you put into winning one will give you access to a whole nation. That's what John 4 is trying to show us. But you see, even the disciples can look at her and be thinking, why are you with her? That's why you need men of understanding. Because at this point, the Bible says that the disciples still did not understand. And The lack of understanding is what will make you miss out on your way to infiltrate in the world. The goal of God is that the whole world will be filled with his knowledge. For that reason, we cannot despise anybody. Remember that the only people that God warned us against were the religious. Not the world. He prayed for the protection. He was short of the prote- protection. But even Paul, when you look at his epistles, when he says the person that did me much harm, these were most people that came out of the faith that left. It's the religious. The world don't have that power over you. They're sheep. So what we now need to look for from our houses, What what I'm sitting here thinking is, Okay, I get it. You're not really meant to just be sitting around. You need to constantly be looking for who you're recruiting. If you're meeting with someone older than you, it's because you're looking for a way that somehow you can infiltrate through. If you're meeting people younger than you, if you're meeting people that look like the church shouldn't associate with. There must be a reason. It must be deliberate. If you see Pastor Obi sitting down with people, yeah, or any of your leaders sitting down with people that you don't think they should be associating with, after this word, you should know that it was a deliberate move. I'm looking at PT moving with kings, and I'm thinking, what is this man up to? I don't think PT's bored and he's trying to find a way to just um, chill. I don't think it's leisure for PT. I think he's sitting down plotting, gaining way for the nation. So, a barrel should be someone in the music world finding me entry. Do you understand that? That's what we're looking for. If we're going to be established as a nation, we must be fully, you know, go back to Luke 5. To just, because everything must be established by two or three witnesses, as I always say to you, yeah? This is why I wanted to use Saturday morning to say this to you. Luke 5, but jump to verse 27. When he won another disciple. Tom, were you good? Everything making you smile there, right? Go on.
1: After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. Mm. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them.
0: Read it again for me, sir.
1: After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast
0: you can put it back on me as while well, he
1: is the with them? But the time will okay, come. Okay,
0: apologies for that. Start from verse 27 again. Sorry about that. Go on.
1: After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth.
0: Where did he meet him again? At his point of trade. He was not waiting for Levi to have uh, a moment when he realized, I need God and start looking for Christ. He came to him. Then he says, follow me. Go on.
1: Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who belong to their sect, complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors Look, and sinners?
0: your greatest antagonizers are going to be the, the misinformed religious. These are the people that will have things to say. You must be so convicted, so... Um, you must have rehearsed everything you're doing. You must know the reasons as to why you're doing what you're doing. So that when people are speaking, they don't derail you from your work. The Bible says here that Jesus went to the tax collector. He did not wait for the tax collector to come to him because the tax collector probably would never. Mainly because of the reason of association. They're in two different worlds. But then when he met him, the Bible says to us that now the Pharisees and the teachers of the laws, those that knew, those that knew all that was going on. Oh, this thing's distracting me. All all those that knew how the law works said that you shouldn't be associating. Now, why did I want to show you this? It was to back the point I made about the Samaritan woman. When you win one, yeah? The effort many a times is in winning one. And then you infiltrate through that. Did you notice it's usually the miracle of a one that draws a crowd of the many. So the Bible says to us, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belong to their set complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Then verse 31, what does he say?
1: Jesus answered them. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, yeah. but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance.
0: Look, the, the, the level and the intent. So now we realize and there is a need for our consecration. You know, there's no need for our consecration in the church. It's because we have to sit among sinners. It's because we have to sit amongst people who are not like us. And we need power to be able to win them. That's why there's now a purpose to even our consecration. There's a purpose to our holiness. But the point I wanted to show you there was then the Bible says, and Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Then the next verse says, then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house. Look, Levi, having been won by Jesus, was able to bring his friends to Christ. How is that possible? Christ's effort on one. What I'm saying to the COD family, what I'm saying to us as leaders from pastors to the new gen leaders, to the ones that are now in university, those younger, those in college, those in school, I'm saying that you must be deliberate about what you do. You must also look at these things and see the manner of soul winning by Christ. How... You must know that there's some people that association, the laws, the false laws of association shouldn't allow you to mingle with them. But you must go there, not by reason of it just happened. It cannot be haphazardly. It must be with intention. If I want to win the music world, it's with intention. It's more than me liking that world. It's I see there's someone to be one. You know, it's a thin line. And that's why I said that you have to have have absorbed the message fully. If not, then you will become the soul of the soul that you're trying to win. But what you need to become, COD, is it's deliberate why I even speak with this person. It's deliberate why, you know, the Bible taught me something and I've noticed it with PT. You know, if you read that translation that says a gift brings you before great people. If you read another, another translation, it speaks of it as saying if you want to win, a, if you want to get into the presence of the great, a gift goes a long way. So now I remember when PT meets people, he's always adamant on just giving them gifts. He knows it's the way to their heart. Most people that will think of giving to PTs because PT first gave to them. So what are we looking for, guys? purpose of infiltration by winning even those that we may consider immoral the church don't have people the world does now locate the people that has people I think and I begin to think of those who has come into our midst before having great followings but our religious couldn't see past what they were wearing our religious eyes could not see past what they were wearing and if Maybe I was a bit more skilled. If we were a bit more skilled, that wouldn't have been a lost soul. That would have been a gained nation. Maybe. Is that for something now for us to um, um, cry about? No. God came to give us ability to look at our operations and direction again. You know, what? Well, you must avoid Being quickly is quickly becoming an auntie in this thing. Positional, sitting down but does nothing. Don't look at it as age, leave the comments. Don't look at that as age, it's position. It's doing nothing but occupying the positions for no reason. Let me end with that but let me end with one more scripture using this to speak to the Phoebes. This month, P.T. is charged that the giving will be done through the Phoebes. I'll ask for the comments. P.T. is charged that there will be 150 givers. Phoebes, right? And what I've said to you is that we're going to put forward 30 of them. Each of the houses will make it known eventually. They'll make it known who will be the Phoebes represent in each house. And we'll have a total of 30 reaching one five Now, I know from the Phoebe leaders, she told me, Pastor Dami told me that there's about 61. I've said, we're not going to go with 61. We're going to go with 30. If you believe that you're a Phoebe and you're to contribute, if you don't find yourself in that list, just look for someone and contribute through them. Don't make this about you. Make this about the work. And I feel in my heart that I need to show you one thing, one thing, Luke 7. I want to show you one thing, and we we may not be able to read there, or maybe we should just go there. PT spoke about tears yesterday. If this was an evening, I would have led you into prayers now, but we'll just go. Luke seven from verse 36, I think. Let me see. Yeah. And what's amazing about this scripture, again, I'm speaking to you, all of us, because if we're saying that there's a Phoebe, it, let me say something to you. God is not bound by gender. If anything, he does things to speak of something much deeper. Most of these things can be taken metaphorically, you know? Provision is not produced by abundance. That's one thing I've learned. People have an abundance and usually abundance is more of a reason why they don't give. Provision is made available by pain. This is why I want to submit to all of us as we put forward our 30 Phoebes and we meet our target as we support them, we as the men, us who may not be the names put forward, what we want to do is this. We know that to support the ministry of Christ, it can never be done out of abundance because usually that abundance holds that person. Does that mean we won't have abundance? We will. But the way to it won't be like the world. So let's read this scripture. If you look at the subtitle, it says Jesus, the most holy man. The only place you see he was anointed was by a sinful woman. It's not a gender thing. It's to tell you that who will provide home eventually for God's people? The world. Who will provide food? Where would they find food? No, this is one of the most unique and powerful scriptures. And let me tell you why. Because everything about the religious man will push away the sinful woman. When he speaks about the sinful woman, again, it's not just gender. At that time where it was more male-driven culture and society, it was actually talking about being justified almost by the disqualified it was talking about how do i say this now people who didn't reach the mark or the standards set by other men these were the ones that could best push what god was trying to do so let's read the scripture go on for me
1: when one of the pharisees invited jesus to have dinner with him He went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, He would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, Mm. that she is a sinner.
0: You see that? The religious cannot see past the wrong of a person. Cannot see past it. They're stuck there. And that's why you would never hear people following them. They will always remain a sect to themselves. Now, the Bible says, I want you to take note of what the the woman did. Go back to 37.
1: A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house.
0: The Bible would not omit from her story that she lived a sinful life. The Bible was not disgraced. God was not disgraced and thinking, how dare a sinful woman anoint the Most Holy It says, a woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with what? An alabaster
1: jar of perfume. Yeah. As she stood behind him. As you
0: know before, we say that this is like worth a whole year's wages, right? Okay, carry on. 38, look at the note what we see here.
1: As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping.
0: Where was she standing? She stood where? Behind him. You know, we hear that stupid term that behind every successful man there's a woman. What was it trying to teach you? Or what was the purpose of that statement? The support. This woman took the position of support, yeah, and prepared his feet, his purpose with her tears. Then she wiped them you know, the Bible says she anointed him, yeah? But before she did that, she prepared it with her tears. You know, at this point, we have spoken for long. Some people in their mind, they're tapping out. One person's offended. They're like, oh, I don't know. Another person's caught up on their phone. You know why I say these things to you? Because in case you forgot, I said to you, if you hear me well, you will know that my heart is really trying to get something through to us. I then said to you, I needed you to pay attention and not lose that. For what reason? So that when this change comes, you do not feel that someone took your position. I've said all that I have to say. Today, I won't, I won't say anything more to that. Let your own heart teach you. Carry on reading. Go on.
1: As she stood behind him at his feet weeping.
0: She took the position of support. Yeah.
1: She began to wet his feet with her tears.
0: And she prepared his feet. She prepared his work. How beautiful are the feet of those who carry the good news. How did she prepare it first? With her tears. Then she wiped them with her what?
1: With her hair.
0: With her own glory. Go on.
1: Kissed them and poured perfume on them.
0: Only then she poured the perfume. Now, carry on. Look at what the story says, and I'll end with this. Go on.
1: When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Who did he
0: decide to talk to? Simon. Where was he, though?
1: The Pharisee's house,
0: but he spoke to who? Simon, carry on, go on.
1: Simon, I have something to tell you.
0: I have something to tell you. See, oldie, I have something to tell you. Go on.
1: Tell me, teacher. He said, two people owed money to a certain money owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him five hundred denarii, and the other fifty. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suggest the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Well done, Simon. Verse 44 is where I'm going. Then he turned towards a woman and said to Simon.
0: He looked at the woman and he spoke to Simon. Simon was now the the image. He was now the symbol. The representation of who? The church. The disciples. He had no need to place an indictment on the Pharisees. Because they've already seen her as a sinful woman. But he looks at Simon. And when he looks at Simon, what does he say to Simon? The church. He says he turned towards the woman and said to Simon. So he's looking at someone. It's like... I'm looking at Paris, but I'm talking to Anna. Look at what he says. Go on.
1: Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman?
0: Do you see this woman? No, others saw, but they saw a sinful woman. Do you see this woman? I came to who?
1: I came into your house. Yeah. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair.
0: You you know, it takes water, yeah, to wash my feet. It takes water to prepare. It takes provision for me to do this work. You have abundance, but you didn't serve it to me. But you see her, with no abundance, she produced it. She used her pain, yeah, to produce. I said, to do this work. It will be painful. People do not support out of abundance; they support out of their pain. Out of because usually cry usually comes out of pain. Hardly do you hardly do you cry a lot through laughter. If there's cry enough to wash your feet, it's usually through something painful. Something you're mourning, and we had to look at what she. Her whole life, living a sinful life, the accumulation of that, when she could have sown that back to herself, she used it to prepare the feet of the message. She used it to push and support and to provide provision for the advancement of the message. Now, look at what happened in turn. He says, look, but this was your duty, though. You had every opportunity to do it. Someone go and answer that, though. You had every opportunity to do it, but you didn't. So, in every wherever there's abundance that has not been served, there will be a woman. Remember, God is not gender specific. There will be someone who seems disqualified, who seems not fit for the role, whose passion for that message that saved them. They will give out of everything that is them towards the advancement. Phoebe's, that should be your story. Because the person that will now come and Christ feels the need to show who he is first will be this Mary. Never forget that before and preferred before, preferred before the apostles was Mary to seeing the resurrected Christ. PT showed us this before. He showed us that the woman was the one that he showed himself to. So look, we make up our mind to say if we have abundance, we will still serve it. But wherever there's no abundance, for the look, we're so passionate, convicted. And we are believers of this message that I will put my pain into it if I have to, to advance this message. So everyone this month, at the instruction of our father and leader, Pastor Toby, what do we need to do? Make sure your own work goes into it. Make sure your own tears, make sure you are totally invested. So don't be the person that just sits there and expects people to just add to her. No, be involved. I know that to make that practical may be difficult, but... Have the intentions and be practical. Meaning that ask questions. Look at what you can do. Do you understand? Get involved. Be invested to provide in Because the givers that support God's ministry give out of their pain. And they will be rewarded for that. On that note, I want to say tomorrow, guys, let's give today a last push on souls. Let's not be complacent let's not say we're already big in numbers so we know that without trying we'll fill the room that's not justice that's not achieving the work you know if every person committed to bringing one person you know we'll have at least 200 people there that's to show you how little work we have to put in so today I don't know how you're going to do it the reason why I asked you at the beginning of this to make sure you write notes it's because I knew I'll speak like this to you. And I had to. And I know that most people won't go back and listen to this. I know some that are unique and special will. But the reason why I asked you to write notes is so that you would have taken points from everything I said to you. So that you're ready to do something about it. Today, we're going to have a final push. I'm going to ask Pastor Elihim to drive in the chat. We're going to have a final push to push for souls. Yeah. Right now, I think out of all of us as soldiers, we've brought only about 25 souls. How? I want us to push for souls. There's at least one person. Are you listening to me? Yeah. There's at least one person that somehow through conversation, you can somehow convince to come in tomorrow. How much are you willing to put on the line to bring that to make that happen? Don't worry about if we're saying the place is packed. We'll sort it out one way or another. But let's push. And then with the giving, remember what I said about the soul winning. Honestly, what I think the houses should do is take this and begin to strategize on how and who they're targeting. Because soul winning cannot just be, that. that's beyond today. What I would love for us to do, I said it before, and I'm saying it here again because we have to do it. We need to now start doing these mini events that leads to bigger events. So we're really in the pattern of winning souls. I'm tired of just us in the leadership chat, for example, just talking. No, bring something to the table. Yeah, it's more than your contribution. It's your money or your people. Yeah. Your contributions was good as well. But what I'm trying to say here is let's push forward, guys. Yeah? It's our role. I love you guys. Um, if you don't have notes, maybe your neighbor will help you have notes. Or take the time and break this word down and take instruction from it. Don't be the person. Remember what I taught to you, I taught you um, when I spoke about as the day, as in the days of Noah? I told you that the problem is when some people were busy in the activity of life, others were building. And by the time the ark is built, it's too late. Meaning, if you don't get involved and invested now, by the time it happens, it'll be too late for you to join. I've said my piece. I love you guys. Bye, guys.